0: Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocius. Let's pray together today. But today we actually have something different that we've than we've ever done before on the Pray Together podcast. I'm super excited because we're in a new series as a church, a new sermon series called A Greater Movement. And today we have a special guest on with us today. His name's Tyler Sturkey. You all know who he is, and he is actually the guy that brought the message to us this past Sunday. So thank you so much for joining us here today, Tyler. Well,
1: you're welcome, Jonathan. Sorry, I know this is a this is Jonathan's taller, stronger, deeper-voiced friend. No, <laughs> you no, I can't quite pull f- it off, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm his friend who hasn't gone through puberty yet.
0: <laughs> so we'll get there. We'll see how many squeaks you have throughout the. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, it's so good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so hey, let's let's start today's podcast. Let's recap the message real quick. You started off talking to us about Y2K. Oh yeah, which so got me, man, because. <laughs> I lived through that too. We must be getting old, Tyler, well, if we're remembering things and it, going. It's crazy a... It's crazy that it was 23 years ago. I know. Like that's I, nuts to me. I remember that so clearly because my mom had a friend who was nuts about it. Yeah. This friend's parents actually even sold their home, Whoa. went and bought a farm. Because we lived, I mean, we weren't in Olney or Effingham. I grew up out on the East Coast yeah, in Maryland. On. Oh, Maryland! It was Maryland, and so we are were about there
1: a lot of preppers out there.
0: Well, here's the problem: the grid goes down in a place like Maryland. You have a much bigger problem than you do in Effingham. Because that's All-Name. a very densely packed area. Very densely packed. I mean, we're talking townhomes, half acre lots, yeah, um, everywhere. And so, I mean, if the grid goes down out here. In Newton, Illinois, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to go find one of Johanna's uncles, and we're going to survive. There's not really a problem. And bless anyone who might be listening to this now, over the years, over the 15 years
1: I've been here, I've had multiple people who own land, who live out in the country, literally tell me, like, when everything goes down the tubes, I should bring myself and my family out to the their land and, and you want to have those and people. i have a, i love
0: people like that right they're on your zombie apocalypse squad like you there are the people that are on yeah, your team exactly but but this lady her parents actually sold their house and went and bought a farm that had a well pump a hand pump which is unheard of in maryland yeah, like sure. that's not so strange out here to have an old well on your oh, land I had, yeah
1: i grew up with friends who had well water and all that that yeah, was with weird the actual pump that yeah. was
0: weird for my day you know <laughs> whereas so my mom started to get a little bit nervous about it and she goes should we be preparing for this and my dad worked for ibm oh yeah <laughs> and so dad's like his whole life was that oh well he goes this is this is the most ridiculous thing ever he <laughs> had he had the real like inside proper perspective he, i he guess he knew from the inside he's like any programmer worth their salt that's been working for any company for the last 10 years has seen this coming. Yeah. Has worked on this. This is absurd. This is so crazy. And, <laughs> and so we went to uh, new year's Eve at their house actually. And yeah. I was so tempted. I wanted to go back to the breaker box <gasps> no I wanted to. Jonathan I did not I did not do it that would have been amazing bro. I wish I had you know that's one of those things where it's like that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity <laughs> and I squandered it
1: <laughs> oh man that would have been so good but yeah I mean like Y2K was one of those things that I mean like I talk about it in the message like you had to be there to like
0: really get Oh, yeah. How it felt. In 23 years, people will be talking about COVID the same way. Yeah. They'll be talking. I mean, it's the same with 9-11 or any of these kind of life-defining events. It's just viewed very differently after the fact, especially for people yeah. who didn't really go through it.
1: Because like, whenever I've tried to explain it to people now, like for like younger, like the That's youth weird. now. That's weird. What? They're just kind of like, I mean, I just kind of get the head tilt and the, like, eye squint, like they don't fully understand what I'm like, why that was a big deal. But I remember being like literally being outside, like, I mean, because, which I don't know if this was so much you, but like, there was more than just the grid failing. There's the fear, like, I mean, just everybody, every evangelical, or at least every evangelical I was with was just thoroughly convinced Jesus was going to come back (laughs) like stroke of midnight the power would go out, the sky would rip open. So we we were all like outside looking up at the sky. Yeah, like it was a real thing. Yeah,
0: but you you made that point for a reason and that was to say we all have to have our own experience like that with Jesus. If we want to see a greater movement to happen in our day and age, we've got to make sure we actually know Jesus on that kind of intimate, detailed level.
1: Yeah, that there first, there is no... I'm trying to think. I think the way I said it in my message is that firsthand experience cannot be replaced by secondhand knowledge. There's an old cliche saying, and you probably have heard it before, and a lot of our listeners right now have heard it before. That God has no grandchildren. Mm. Have you heard that before? Yes, I have. I think you've. T- I've heard it before from okay, you. Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe you heard it from me. Uh, but I remember hearing that for a long time, and of course, at, like first, I didn't really like, get what that meant, but then I realized, like, no, like you are born again as a son or daughter of God. There's no second generation of that. You're either a son or daughter of God, or you don't know God. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to, I'm not uh, riding the coattails of my parents' faith or things like that. It's like, if my faith becomes real, even because of my parents, I mean, you and a lot of people who are listening probably became, you know, began following Jesus because of their parents. But it needs to
0: become your own. But it has to become your
1: own. like. And then when it does, you become a child of God. You're not a grandchild of God. And so it's kind of that idea like, man, you can't go on secondhand knowledge. It has to be firsthand experience. And that's kind of what Acts 1 is entirely about of saying, you will be, and he uses this word martyria, you will be my witnesses Mm. uh, that you believe that your experience with me, your belief around who I am is so deep that you're literally willing to die for it. Like that's, where,
0: that's where we get the word martyr. Yeah. That's where okay. the word
1: martyr comes from is, is that it literally means witness that those people were witnesses to the point of
0: death. And so, I mean, I think this is a good thing for those of you listening right now to even think about is do I know Jesus on that deep, intimate level Yeah, to where I'm willing to suffer for it to where this is the only thing that matters you know, we we make fun of the Y2K person for selling their home and buying a farm that has a hand pumped well, but yeah. What if Y2K had happened? They'd mm. be laughing at us. Yeah. You know? And that's where that's what that's what we need to have that same mentality when it comes to Jesus, to where we're willing to completely sell out. Yeah. On everything. That's what you're making with that point of the of the martyr. And then you kind of also talked about how in order for these things to happen, it requires power from God that we just don't have. Yeah, exactly. Which is why,
1: I mean, even from Acts 1, it's like, I know the the we're getting to that this next week in the series as we get into Acts 2 and talk about Pentecost and the outpouring of the Spirit. But Jesus talks about it even ahead of time of saying, stay in the city until you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive this power from on high to be my witnesses. Because, and I mean, I kind of talk that out that like one of the things I love about in the scriptures, how, I mean, they just double down on being witnesses. Mm. Like First John, it's a, an, a letter that John writes 50 years after Jesus has ascended. But the, literally the first thing he says in the letter is that which we have seen and heard and touched concerning the word of life, this we give to you. He's still doubling down on. I saw Jesus. I was with him. I have firsthand experience. This isn't something I just heard from somebody else, but it's actually my direct like one-on-one experience. And so he's just showing how like, how important it is that we each have a genuine like experience and, and one-on-one
0: relationship with Jesus. And that's only possible If I can get that word out of my mouth, (laughs) it was almost impossible. It's only possible through God's Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because now, I mean, obviously Jesus isn't physically on the earth. So that question of, okay, well, how do future generations see and touch and hear what the apostles did? Well, through the Holy Spirit. In some ways, I would even say it's not just the same thing. It's a deeper knowing. And that's kind of what I talk about in my message, that Jesus actually said there are many things I I long to tell you, but you're not ready for them. Well,
0: and that's true. If you even think about, now I'm kind of nerding out a little bit on church history, but (laughs) if you think about the apostles, they kept missing it even when they had Jesus in the flesh for three years. Yeah, And then Jesus finally leaves. He ascends back to heaven in Acts 1. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. We're probably getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. the Holy Spirit comes, and all of a sudden, Peter <laughs> no, goes from no, being. No spoilers, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've read the Bible, <laughs> yeah. uh, but Peter goes from being an imbecile that can't get his foot out of his mouth to correctly exegeting scripture from Psalms and the prophet Joel and teaching and, 3000 person right.
1: conversion. I mean, it just shows that there was a deeper knowing
0: with the Holy spirit and Jesus predicted it. I mean, he said, it's good that I go away. And so if we want to see a greater movement of Jesus in our lifetime, a similar thing needs to happen. I, I was just talking with a friend. If we want to see a greater movement of Jesus, it's not going to happen because some human thought of a new program or idea or some ministry strategy that hasn't already been used. Mm, yeah. It's going to be because the Holy spirit enables it, empowers it, makes it happen. Um, it's not, it's not because we just finally stumbled on that one weird trick Yeah. <laughs> to, to, trigger people into following Jesus, which led into your third point in your message, which so spoke to me, Mm. which is that Jesus needs witnesses, Mm. not lawyers. Yeah. And that,
1: we we, we are both products of the, the decade of evangelism. Oh man. In the nineties, Did you ever do street
0: witnessing? Yes. Me too.
1: Which there's, there's, there's
0: use for that. Absolutely.
1: I, we saw some fruit from that, but I know for a lot of people like It felt forced. It felt forced. It felt like a salesman of like, I'm trying to talk you into something. Uh, Right. But I mean, that's not even the language that Jesus uses around that idea of witness, that witnesses just testify of what they've seen and heard and experienced. And it's up to that person, what they're going to do, which something that I don't think I said in my message, but I was thinking about later. It's like saying he wants witnesses and not lawyers. Well, one thing that I thought of in the midst of like Jesus actually butted heads with, now, some translations translate teachers of the law as lawyers. <laughs> so I'm like, you think about the difference between being a witness and then being someone like a teacher of the law. Right. I mean, Jesus butted heads with them a lot.
0: I mean, no offense to any lawyers listening. <laughs> no, every fence. To la- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, hey, here's what I want to do. Um, using that information and using what you've put together for that message this is the Pray Together podcast, yeah. and one of the things that we're realizing is that if we want to see a greater movement of Jesus, it has to be driven by prayer. Amen. I remember one Amen. time you you read this somewhere and shared it with me, and it was so good, about uh, prayer isn't the fuel for the ministry. Prayer is the ministry, Yeah, and so what I want to do is I want us— to kind of work together here, and we're going to actually lead people through a time of prayer. Yeah. And what we're going to do is we've kind of come up with some scriptures to kind of reflect these points that we've been talking about, about knowing Jesus, about receiving power through his Holy Spirit, about being his witness. And then I also wrote just a starter prayer, like we're used to here on, yeah. the, on the Pray Together podcast. The starter prayer is not a prayer for you guys to pray verbatim. It's not like you need to take it home and memorize it and say it five times a day this is honestly just a prayer. Jonathan made up when he was sitting in front of his it's computer, an example, a model. It's an example. It's a prayer just to get you started. And then we'll have two minutes of silence with just some background music for you to go ahead and pray your own prayer. So if you want to grab a journal and write in it, sometimes that helps me stay focused when I'm praying. If you want to just sit in silence and see what God is saying to your heart and soul, feel free to do so. And if it,
1: you feel like the two minutes isn't long enough, press
0: pause. Yeah, absolutely. linger linger there a little bit longer, and then hit play whenever right. you're ready to pick back up. Right. So we have three of these prayer prompts, and uh, and then we'll have some some music behind those. But Tyler, I'm going to have you go ahead and start us off with the scriptures for the first one. Absolutely. John seventeen three.
1: Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. John seventeen twenty five. Righteous Father, even if the world does not know you, I know you. And these men know that you sent me. I made known your name to them, and I will continue to make it known, so that the love you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them.
0: Let's pray. Dear Father, make me to know. I don't want to just know facts about you. I want to know you. I want to know Jesus. Jesus came here for this specific purpose so that I could know you. Please make that happen in a very real way in my life.
1: All right, we're going to move on to our second prayer prompt. And if you need time with the first one, feel free to press pause and tarry as long as you need. But for the second one, we have the text, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the farthest
0: parts of the earth. Dear father, I ask for power, not for myself, not for my ideas or agendas, but I ask for power to be part of the mission you gave your church. I want to see your kingdom come to the farthest parts of the earth, and I want to be a part of it. Please give me your Holy Spirit for this purpose.
1: Now, once again, if you do need some more time in the second prayer prompt, feel free to press pause and and stay with it for a little bit longer. But we'll move on to our third prayer prompt. And the text I'm going to read is from Isaiah chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. Praise the Lord. Ask him for help. Publicize his mighty acts among the nations Make it known that he is unique. Sing to the Lord, for he has done magnificent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out and shout for joy, O citizens of Zion, for the Holy One
0: of Israel acts mightily among you. Let's pray. Dear Father, remind me of the story you've given me so that I can praise you among the people. Remind me of what you've done in my life. I want to broadcast your goodness. I don't want to be just a salesman. I just want joy over what you've done to pour out of me naturally. So I thank you today for my salvation. Thank you for making me free. Thank you for teaching me the truth. I praise your name. Well, thank you for praying along with us today. Those are the prayer prompts we had for you. And I hope that this is just the beginning of your prayers today as we all as a church gather together and pray around this theme of deeply knowing Jesus, receiving his power, being his witnesses, not just so we can have a happy Jesus party, but so that we can see a greater movement of Jesus in the next generation.
1: Yeah, and one of the cool things about this is, uh, we're actually going to be partnering with Jonathan and his podcast for this series so that every Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, we will be actually re- releasing kind of a, a prayer prompt episode podcast like this that, that we just did for every week of this series, a greater movement, yep. like, like through the, into the summer. Um, so very, very excited for that. Um excited for what God is going to do in the midst of it. And one thing that, We wanted to almost couple a spiritual practice with it along with the podcast is, and this is an invitation. We're not making anyone do what I'm about to ask, but it is genuinely an invitation for anyone who feels the desire to do it is we're going to challenge anyone who wants to during the weeks of this series is every Wednesday fast with us. Yeah. Fasting and prayer have deep connections together in the old Testament and in the new Testament. And Jesus talked about it, and we see that even later in Acts, which we're not going to get to it in the series, but where they're fasting and praying for Paul and Barnabas whenever they send them out onto mm-hmm. their mission. And so as we see that greater movement spread in the world, fasting and prayer was a part of that. And so we're going to invite people, anyone who wants to, that our team uh, will be fasting on Wednesdays. Now, what that will look like may vary from person to person. I was about
0: to say that. Don't get caught into some sort of rigid idea of what fasting looks like. And then if you can't pull that off, you feel like you've failed. I know for me, Tyler, personally going all three meals in a day for some reason, it's just not, I cannot do it. So yeah. what I wind up doing is a lot of times I'll skip breakfast and lunch and then I eat once I get home for supper. Yeah, And that that's kind of what had, works for me in my prayer practice. But I always felt like a failure because I couldn't make it all three meals. And it's like, yeah, no, the, there's no legalism to it. Like, like and I would get to the do, point where it's yeah. like four thirty in the afternoon and I'm just, I'm not even praying anymore. I'm just trying to gut out the, the, this horrible feeling that I've carrying and almost a depression that I'm in because yeah. it's just like, what are you even doing? <laughs> just yeah. Eat your food and continue praying. So don't get caught in a rigid idea. It might be, Hey, I'm not going to watch TV on Wednesday. Yeah, because I'd rather take that time and pray no electronics, no electronics or something, whatever the thing is for you. One one way that I have done
1: it that I found to be helpful is I do sundown to sundown. Mm. So it's like have dinner in the evening, maybe a little bit earlier and then nothing that evening through the night through the whole day. And then once it gets into evening the next day, I'll have a meal. There you go. And that's it. That might be more manageable too. Um, So, I mean, it just depends on, and again, it's not about being legalistic or anything like that. No, it's about our desire and
0: our heart. Do we, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's where we've come to as a church. If we really want to see our vision happen, it has to be because God is speaking. And we've gotten to the point where we realize we need that more than we even need food. Yeah. We need that more. Our souls need that and crave that even more than our bodies crave food. And so we're inviting you on that journey with yeah. us. And so, in those
1: times when you feel hunger during that time, if you decide to say yes to the invitation, That's meant to be a prompt even to pray of saying, just like physically, I feel the urge for food. God, my soul longs for you in the same way, longs to see a greater movement. And so I pray in those moments. And it's just, it's a way of physically reminding ourselves spiritually what is
0: true about our soul toward God. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what happens as we pursue God in this way. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week as we continue to pray together.